0: guys we're continuing our teaching in Genesis chapter 4 as we are looking at Cain but let's do a quick review we find that Eve had conceived Cain and she had believed initially that he was the promised Messiah the seed that God had promised her in Genesis 3 and 15 however Cain proved to be a powerful disappointment and so we move on and Eve conceived another child Abel, and we talked about the meaning from his name and what was actually happening in the mind of Eve once she conceived this particular son, in that the disappointment of all of the cursedness that had taken place upon mankind, they were feeling that at that particular moment. And for that reason, she gave him the name Abel, Hevel, which actually means breath. We understand it to mean vanity vanity okay and the bible told us that the uh, occupations of both of the boys that uh came following the occupation of his father he was a tiller of the ground nothing wrong with that abel was a keeper of the sheep and there was nothing wrong with that and in the process of time they both brought offerings minha offerings not sacrifice offerings to the Lord. However, the offering of Cain was rejected. When on the other hand, the offering of Abel was accepted by God. And we talked about that in our last video. And the primary reason was that the offering of Abel was one that was given on the basis of faith, hope and trust in God, not in his works, not in the things that he was doing, not in the offering but the faith in in hoping that God would accept what he had done and he manifested this hope in God. And that is, and always remember, everything goes all the way back to the promised seed, hope and expectation in the promises of God. But he manifested this hope of God by giving God his absolute best. But instead of Cain bringing forth his fruit of the ground, absolute best, which would have been his first fruits, which that, that would have been his absolute best, his first fruits. But instead of him doing so, he brought God simply anything. The Bible said simply of the fruit of the ground. So anything, as we talked about in that last video, once again, a that ado offering, and therefore God rejected his that ado offering. Instead of Cain becoming repentant, we find out that actually Cain became angry. So now let us continue on in the teaching so we can see the response of Cain to God's rejection of his offering. Okay. All right. Verse number five. Once again, let's back up just a little bit. But for Cain and his offering for his offering, God had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. So basically, Cain, instead of what he should have done, is very simple. His heart should have been broken because his offering was rejected. And with a broken heart and contrite spirit, he should have sought God to ask him, Why did he reject his offering? But instead of doing that, which is, which is an indication of an unrepentant spirit. Cain was unrepentant. So instead of doing that, he became angry and his demeanor, when it says his countenance fell, his demeanor, his attitude became bad, negative. His demeanor became awful, all right? Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. But you must master it. Okay, so now we see the Lord engages Cain. And remember, when the Lord does engage people asking as he did with, remember, Adam? Where are you? The Lord is not seeking information because the Lord knows all things. The Lord is simply engaging Cain, trying to get him to repent, trying to get Cain to take the right mindset and demeanor and disposition that he should have. Such a demeanor which should lead him to repentance. So the Lord is really trying to invite him do the right thing okay hey guys i need your help to build the channel so don't forget like and subscribe so god asks him why are you angry and why is your attitude in this way and god begins to encourage him and simply says if you do well so god said try to do the right thing Repent. And and that's the whole mindset and that that's what we'll see being developed throughout scripture as God is constantly calling on mankind to repent and repent simply means change your mind, a change in the mind that leads to a change in the conduct. So God is simply trying to encourage Cain, change his mind or repent. If you do well, won't your countenance be lifted up? Or whether, notice again, countenance is italicized because that's not in the text. Simply it says, won't it be lifted up? And that lifted up could be countenance or it could be a reference to his offering. Won't your offering be accepted by God? And then God gives the warning in the failure to listen to God that is Cain, or in his failure to repent, what does he say? God gives him a warning about sin. Remember, let, let me take you back, all the way back when Adam ate of that forbidden fruit That's when we told you that the nature, sin nature was born inside of all mankind and that sin nature is constantly seeking to rule over us, rule over all that we do to get us to do things that are not right in the sight of God. And so here we use this particular language. God himself is using the language. He's Uh, picturing sin, that sin nature as a lion that is crouching, seeking to pounce, seeking to pounce. And so that nature of sin within Cain is seeking to pounce and take over him or influence his conduct like a lion at a door that wants that has a desire to take over you. But God tells Cain, but this is not what you should do. You should not let sin be your master. You should master over your sin nature. You should master over these evil inclinations, evil influences that you have on the inside of you. All right. But the question is, will Cain repent? Will he listen to God? Let's keep going. Cain told Abel, his brother. And now, actually, the, the word is not so much as Cain told Abel the situation that took place between he and God. That is the conversation. But the idea of the language of the text seems to say that Cain was talking to his brother or the idea so much as Cain was trying to, uh, uh, to, to get him involved in a conversation or even get him involved in an angry conversation. But let's just keep reading. So Cain told, engaged in conversation, Abel, his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. So basically we see Cain engaging Abel in some form of a discussion. And and as, as I said, guys, some sort of a heated or angry discussion. So it seemed that Cain was trying to start a fight. That's all basically what it was. He was trying to start a fight with Abel so that he would have an excuse to do what he did. Not so much as to kill him, but so much as to angrily Put himself upon his brother Abel and so the Bible says in this argument that Cain had created he Cain allowed himself and that seems to be the idea behind the text he wanted to get in this fight with his brother Abel he rose up against Abel his brother and killed him now there is no reason under the Sun justifiable reason For Cain doing what he was doing. And as the scripture says, Cain simply did what he did because Cain himself was of the evil one. That is, Cain was of the devil. Remember the warning that God had given him? He said, listen, sin is like a lion trying to jump on you, influence you, take over you, get you to do things that you ought not to do. But don't give in. Clearly Cain gave in and why did Cain give in because he had already given himself? He was of the evil one. The evil one is Satan himself. So Cain rejected uh, the admonition of God for him to change his demeanor, his mindset, his spirit. All of that was completely rejected. And who did Cain say yes to? He said yes to the devil and he allowed his sinful desire, his hatred, and and another thing the Bible teaches us, his envy, his envy, and that's the reason why Cain killed his brother Abel because he was jealous because God had accepted Abel and had rejected Cain. He was jealous of his brother, and through that first jealousy, He killed him. And so now we have the first murder in all of scripture. Now, here's what I want you guys to also see. Notice it hadn't been long before Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. All right. The warning of God, the day that you eat of the fruit, you will surely die. There was death that took place instantaneously. The instant death was spiritual death. Or as we said earlier, it was the birth of the sinful nature, the birth of evils in the nature of mankind. Isn't it sad? Isn't it so sad that we are actually looking at the first generation born into the world Adam and Eve were created. The first generation to be born were these two brothers, Cain and Abel. Look at the grips And the effect of sin. So you may even think that as the sin nature is born, it it moves or or works easily or, or lightly, or you won't see the effect so strongly in beginning to show itself in the human race. But notice how devastating the nature of sin already is that a brother... A brother. And remember, Adam and Eve were pure. Simple. The Bible said they were both what? Naked and unashamed. Remember, that was the spiritual nature of who they were at first in the beginning. Look how awful the spiritual nature, how completely denigrated, how much it has actually changed, in so much that a brother would kill his own brother simply because of jealousy. And envy how awful that really must be inside of us or should I even say how awful we are by nature and that is the sin nature of us but anyway let's go back to the text just, just just pay attention how awful such an action is so early in the game so he's killed his brother right and you can imagine no doubt he tried to cover it up and how would you cover up the death of your brother how would you cover up the body of your brother bearing it in the ground look at the next text so now God now once again for the second time comes to Cain to question him but not simply this time to question him with the sense of correction To question him as he brings judgment. And notice that same picture of judgment is still reverberating through the text. Why? When Adam sinned, God came, found him, questioned him, judged him. Again, Cain didn't listen to God. God comes, questions him, and ultimately judges him. Same way he did. But it is even worse, worse than the judgment that fell upon Adam. Now let's continue. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. That's the first lie told by a human being in scripture. Now the first lie in scripture was told by the serpent, but that's the first lie told by a human. I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And let let, let me just deal with that verse before I even go any further. So the Lord comes to Cain, and asks where is his brother again it's clear god knows what has happened he knows exactly where Cain no doubt has buried his brother's body so why is god asking him again i honestly believe that god is trying to get cain to confess what does the scripture teach about god god is a merciful god god delights when he wants us to confess our sins God wants to make things right between us and him that is God's mindset because if God simply just wants to judge he doesn't have to ask any questions he doesn't have to send a savior he just sent everybody to hell and be through with it so he's not simply questioning Cain again because he wants to know the location now, he wants to engage him Hopefully that he would repent. And even while we're here, isn't it amazing how merciful and wonderful God is that God would allow him to repent from such a wicked sin as murder. And again, it tells us again about the nature of God. God will allow us to repent of any sin. There is no sin. There is absolutely nothing that you can do, no matter how hideous it may seem to you that you can do, that God would not forgive you. And notice again here clearly, it is not Cain who goes looking for God. It's God who goes looking for Cain. God seeks us out, desiring that we should repent, warning us to come back, return to the fellowship that we need to have with God. But anyway, let's go on to the text. So God asked him, and, and notice something, what, did, what Cain does. And now this is me, God. It's just a personal statement from me. Cain got a smart mouth. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, had I been God, I probably would have struck him dead. Knowing here is God watching him kill his brother knowing that he killed him because he was envious of his brother and you mean to tell me you first and when i came to you and told you to repent you didn't listen the first time you had an attitude then and you got an attitude now had i been god i'd have killed him dead on the spot but (laughs) our god is merciful and long-suffering cain responds am i my brother's keeper but now once again He asked Cain himself retorts with a stupid question because why the answer is obviously yes, you are responsible for your brother. We are responsible for our brothers. Remember even what Jesus said, a last and final commandment that I give you that you do what? love one another. We see it taught all throughout the epistles of the apostle Paul, how it says that we are responsible for loving one another, taking care of one another. What happens to one another, not hurting, injuring one another, not creating a stumbling stone for one another. So the answer is yes, Cain, you are your brother's keeper, but instead of him For fulfilling that base responsibility of taking care of his brother he actually killed his brother let's go so God says to him he said what have you done the voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground now you are cursed from the ground which has opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. And now drops the judgment of God. And you can even feel by the text and the response of God, his anger at Cain. Now you may be even wondering, why didn't God kill Cain in his judgment? Because Cain took, the, took his um, brother's life. And I honestly believe because there was no commandment. There was no commandment. In other words, since God had not given, there is clearly the knowledge that you shouldn't do this thing. That was clearly known. But there was no prohibitive, prohibitive word from God. Remember, there was a prohibitive word from God to Adam. If you break the command and eat when I told you not to, what is the end result? You will surely die. You see what it says now? The judgment is what you were sh- So no command given concerning it, even though clearly it's known you shouldn't do it, but know this would happen if you do these things. And so therefore God demonstrated, or should I even say he showed mercy to Cain when he gave the judgment. But the bottom line is this. So when God asks him about these things, here's the judgment. Here's the judgment. God speaks that the blood is crying from the ground. In other words, let, let, let me, let, I'll slow it down here. There is a principle that is beginning to emerge right here. The blood of the innocent Abel is demanding justice and God is the one who who's going to carry out, or should I even say, we'll see that type of concept later on in the law of Moses. And God himself is going to be the Avenger, or should I even say, the one who carries out the judgment for the innocent victim. So in other words, what am I trying to say? Whenever a person takes the life of an innocent human being, it is God who takes notice of that innocent life that was destroyed. And it is God who says, whoever did injury, that is, took the life of that innocent person, I myself will see to them paying a price for the life that they took. And the only reason why I bring that up is we always have these issues, especially in modern society, about things like abortion, abortion. And so sometimes we want to see that it really doesn't matter if you took the life of that child. And yes, it is a child. What did David say? Wonderfully, I was formed in my mother's womb. So, yes, it is a child. And, And does it have a response from God? The response from God is the same. What God says, the blood of that innocent person is crying out to me for justice. Because you wrongfully took his life and God is saying, and I will do something about that. Okay, but now let's move on. Let's just go back to the text. But that's something for us to remember in our day and time. There is no action like that. And God just simply ignores it. God does not ignore it. What is he saying? So verse 11 cursed you are from the ground. Now notice we got to go back in our mind that when God judged Adam for his disobedience, what was Adam's punishment? The ground would be cursed. Adam was never cursed. Mankind was never cursed, but the ground that is the, the intent of the, the ground, the earth was to easily and bountifully, it's supposed to No problems at all. When Adam went to raise crops and that's, and that was God's intent from the beginning. Okay. So raising crops and things of that nature was not the judgment. That was God's original intent. The judgment was when Adam went to do that, the ground would not yield as it would normally have instead of giving bountifully and easily with very little work he would have to work very hard and the ground would actually give very little fruitfulness. You got it? So now we see that same idea of judgment being placed upon Cain too. So now already the ground is cursed, but for Cain, for Cain, and the idea is Cain and his descendants, the ground would even yield even less than what it will but the principle that we see again here is this god's response to sin what god's response to sin his response to sin is what curse it cursedness cursedness and so now cain the ground remember cain is a tiller of the ground it's already given a little it will give now even less and concerning you What did he say? You will be a vagrant and a wanderer. Now what's important about that term wanderer is later on, nod that name will play again. Cain, Cain goes out into nod into wandering. So he no longer has a stable residence. He no longer dwells with his brothers, with his family. He is now therefore judged to wander the earth forever. OK, now let's look at Cain's response. Now, all of a sudden, Cain wants to talk to God. Now, all of a sudden, he has something to say. Uh, 13, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground and your face I will be hidden and i will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me so the lord said to him therefore whoever kills cain vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold and the lord appointed a sign for cain so that no one finding him would slay kill him all right so cain complains Cain complains. Now he looks for and seeks the mercy of God. But notice what Cain did not do. And this is the thing that even amazes me. Even now, he never said, forgive me. He never said I was wrong. All Cain wants to do is lighten the punishment, lighten the load that God gives him. He has no regard for his brother that he has killed. He is now Cain is complaining, saying, God, you're being too hard on me. Is there something completely wrong? He's just devoid of everything, of all decency. But nevertheless, let's look at the text. So he says, my punishment is too much to bear complaint. Then he says, you have driven me from the face of the ground. That's the cursedness that God had just placed even further on the ground that the land should not bear from him. But now here is the worst part. And you have driven me from your face. That is fellowship that God was once having with all mankind. And, and we probably see this thing being done in the offerings when when they would bring forth their particular offerings and no doubt sacrifices to God. OK, it was a form of fellowship. It was the way in which they approached God and God allowed them in a limited fashion. Notice what I said, God, God, God allowed them in a limited fashion into his presence by virtue of the sacrifices and the offerings that they presented before God. So now, what did he say? You driven me from your face? That simply means the offerings and sacrifices are no longer acceptable by Cain to God. God will accept nothing from him. In other words, he is saying to Cain, you and I, or should I even say it this way? God says, I have nothing further to do with you. Now that should bring you to tears, but, but it doesn't really seem to drive Cain to tears. It seems that Cain is trying to use this to manipulate God, to give him a lighter punishment. That's all. It's not that he's really weeping because he no longer has the relationship, because if that was the case, that would have been the first thing to come out of his mind. You've cut me off from you. That's not what he's saying. He's just simply trying to lighten that load of punishment. But let's go on so I can finish this thing out. I'll be hidden from your face and I'll be. And now here's the thing. I'll be a vagrant and wander on the earth. And here's his whole point. Whoever finds me will kill me. See, what did he do to his brother Abel? Killed him. But what does he not want done to him? He doesn't want to be killed. You see that? He He's not concerned. He's not con- not even so much about the earth yielding his fruit to him. Mm -mm. He's not concerned about the relationship between him and God because if he was concerned about that as he's supposed to have been, he would have responded when God said, Cain why are you angry? Cain, get yourself to, no, he is not concerned about that. He is only concerned about saving his skin, sparing his life, that if somebody else would find him because of what he did to Abel They will take vengeance on him and kill him, namely another brother. And here's another point. So I'll slow this part down. This is an indication that that there are other people. Notice, as far as we've been hearing, what do we hear? Uh, 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 Cain and Abel. But clearly by this text, when Cain is fearful that his life will be taken by someone seeking vengeance. Well, what someone could that possibly be? other brothers and sisters. So the point that I'm making is Adam and Eve were continuing to have other children even though the scriptures were not mentioning all of them. So they were keep on they were continuing to have other sons and daughters. And the fear of Cain was the and later on we'll see that in the Mosaic law. And I don't want to talk about it now, and I'm not going to talk about it now. But later on, we're going to see this in the Mosaic law when it talks about the avenger of blood, the avenger of blood. That is, if someone should kill uh, under the law, one of your family members, you have the right to find that person who killed your family member and you have the right to kill them as a form of justice vengeance justice against that individual and this is what's going on in the mind of Cain he doesn't want one of his brothers other brothers maybe niece I mean sorry nephews or whatever it might be down the line to one day find him and exact vengeance upon him for the murder of Abel and kill him all right let's let's go just a little bit more so the Lord what did he do The Lord said, whoever finds Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign for Cain so that no one finding him would slay him. So what happened? Even no. And it's amazing. Look how wonderful God is. Cain, no repentance whatsoever. All he everything was self-serving. It was all about Cain. There was no remorse for killing his brother. And still, in all of that, and even in God's anger, notice how even in his anger, he tempers his anger with mercy. Notice what he does. Cain complains, never repents, and God still has mercy on that rascal anyway. So what does God do? He said, all right, I'm not going to let anybody kill you. And so God pronounces a judgment and simply says, nobody is to kill Cain. Don't bother him. And if you do, God himself will exact judgment on you seven times greater than the judgment that he exacted on Cain. Imagine that. That's a sign of mercy. And then it said God appointed a sign. For Cain. And you've heard a lot of stuff about the sign of Cain. Here is the bottom line. Now, we don't know what that sign was. I've read of some commentaries that talked about the physical mark or this, or sometimes I've heard people talk about the sign of Cain was the city. And that's in the next portion of the text that we won't get into right now. But nevertheless, we don't know what it was, but what the text does indicate is it appears to be some sort of a physical marking where we don't know it didn't say placed on the head it just said the lord and when it says appointed a sign actually the word is literally the lord set a sign he set a sign on cain okay so no doubt it was some form of a physical sign Planted on Cain on his skin somewhere and it simply was a deterrent It was supposed to serve as a deterrent so that once you see this marking Indicated that it was Cain it also brought up remember it God said the idea is when you see this sign, you know Don't do anything to Cain. That is, don't kill Cain, because if you kill Cain, then the judgment that God put upon Cain, he's going to give you a judgment seven times worse than that. All right. And so the marking, a physical marking of some sort, and it was simply given as a deterrent to anybody that saw him that you wouldn't kill him. And notice it simply was a response of God. It was God's indication of his mercy to this criminal Cain, even though Cain never repented and showed remorse for killing his brother. All right, let's finish. Final verse. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. and in the head, Now, that's the sad part. As he leaves the presence of the Lord, he won't see God no more. No more fellowship with God. Where, where are the tears? Where's the remorse? As you forever leave God, because it is clear that Cain is of the evil one, Satan himself. Or we can say it in the way we say things now. He has sold his soul to the devil. It don't bother him. So you can see him leaving from the presence of God and settle in the land of Nod. Now remember I told you about that word Nod, settling in the land of Nod, Nod literally means wandering. Wandering. Remember, he complained, you will, God said, you will be a wanderer in the earth. And notice the ideas seem to suggest the land of wandering. So he is now away from the presence of God. East of Eden. And let me make a final point concerning that. East, notice how every how initially we see this early in the scriptures. The reference eat with is to Eden. The reference Is to Eden and notice as you see the man leaving out of Eden, what does God put the cherubim and the flaming swords east of Eden and notice even Cain in his sin and his state of cursedness in that sense being away from God, away from the fellowship of God. Notice again, the idea is east of Eden. So the point that I'm trying to make is, as man moves further east, the idea is man is moving further away from God. As Cain moves to the east, he has been disfellowshipped with God. And as man moves, further towards the east, further from Eden, further in the east, man himself moves further from God. All right, guys, join me next week or the next teaching when we talk about exactly what Cain does in the city that he builds. All right, catch you next time. Have you subscribed yet? What are you waiting for? Subscribe now.